What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to C.S. Joseph Podcast, Acolyte Edition. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. Today's question, what are some of the dynamics between the INFJ male and ESTJ female natural pair relationship, and how does the uh, relationship come about within the context of those specific genders? This is what I would call an advanced question. Given the additional context the uh, particular Acolyte member asked uh, in order to get this uh, question answered. I gotta say it's kind of technically out of scope, but I will do my best to answer the question within scope because in the members area in the journeyman section, we do actually have season 14 uh, part three. And in season 14 part three, we do discuss the ESTJ INFJ relationship at length. So if you are watching this, please make sure you go into that section there. But uh, I will actually start talking about one of the main issues or like causes as to why this relationship comes together. Just don't forget, don't forget that like when you guys are doing, uh, don't forget that when you guys are doing, uh, what do you call it? Um, You know, first getting into the relationship, like natural pairs, like a little bit about natural pairs. Natural pairs are actually pretty difficult to get into and... There's a, there's a myriad of reasons, and I actually talk about this in uh, Season 14, Part 3, uh, for those eight episodes for Natural Pairs. But one of the additional reasons that I've noticed is that there just seems to be like an air of shallowness between people when they're getting into those kinds of relationships. Shallowness. And it ends up being like something entirely interesting. You know, because it's like they look at each other. They're kind of interested, kind of intrigued, but then kind of scared at the same time. And there's actually a lot of fear. And the reason why is is because the other person's parent function actually causes the other person's inferior function to actually be afraid. This is one of the reasons why we call it the test of the inferior, right? There's the test of the critic, the test of the, infer- uh, test of the parent, but really the test of the inferior, which is also kind of the same thing as the test of the parent, which we talk about how is how to maintain the relationship. In order for the relationship to begin, they have to pass the test of the critic. And that ultimately has to do with the critic versus inferior relationship. But when it comes to like at first sight, the natural pair is not love at first sight. It just isn't. Uh, love at first sight is really for golden pairs. It's really for natural pairs. And yeah, we're definitely going to want to post this on YouTube as well. But um uh, so, but yeah, love at first sight, it, that's golden pair, that, that's uh, that's pedagogue relationship. It's not really natural pairs. Natural pairs don't really do the love at first sight thing. And it can be actually pretty difficult because they have to be able to generate rapport with one another. Consistent rapport. Although truth be told, I do have to say though, the love at first sight relationships in terms of the golden pairs, the one golden pair that uh, seems to have the hardest time with love at first sight is actually ENTP, INTJ. They have the hardest time. Whereas the easiest is ENFP, INFJ. They have it like, they're like the fastest, you know, whereas the slowest just happens to be ENTP, INTJ. Even though INTJ is triple progression, the triple movement, they're moving super quick, just like the ENFP is, and their golden pair with the INFJ, they're going super speed as well. So... But yeah, I'm just saying love at first sight definitely is a standard for the golden pair. But when it comes to the INTJ ENTP version of the golden pair, not so much. Uh, it's because the INTJ has to really, really get over their paranoia. 
and it's especially bad if the INTJ happens to be a woman. Uh, whereas if it's if the genders are flipped, then it's actually a little bit easier. So gender has a lot to do with it, and that's one of the reasons why this question was asked because they want a little bit more clarification. Yeah, this acolyte member wants a little bit more clarification in terms of like the gender dynamic, basically. And that's important. It's always important. So the gender dynamic. What is what is the gender dynamic all about? What is it? What is it really like? You know, why does it happen? So you got to pass the test of the critic to get in the relationship first. But really, that initial first sight thing—it's kind of like the test of the inferior. Even though that's technically like the test of the inferior doesn't exactly exist. But really, what what I mean by test of inferior is that the other person's parent function will scare the shit out of you, in as much as your parent function will scare the shit out of them because your parent function is scaring their inferior function and uh, their parent function is scaring your inferior function. So in reality, like both these two people involved with this relationship, it's really a relationship of, you know, of fear. It starts out, their interactions, it's based on fear. It's largely based on fear and they have to actually develop enough rapport to have the courage to actually even consider having the relationship itself on the table. And this is especially true with the INFJ and the ESTJ archetype. Especially true. Especially, especially true when the ESTJ happens to be the woman and the INFJ happens to be the man. You know? Why? Well, because let's look at the INFJ man first. You know, it's kind of obvious a little bit what the, what the ESTJ woman is. Uh, where her fear is coming from, but with the INFJ man, it's a little bit different because it's like, okay, I got performance anxiety, right? I'm the INFJ man, I got performance anxiety, and I'm always scared I'm going to mess up. And then I see this woman who's very disciplined, very steadfast, she's able to take charge whatnot. She's really intimidating. I see her being a really top performer with her extroverted sensing critic. I'm not entirely sure I'll be able to top that. I'm not entirely sure I'll be able to one-up that, right? So the INFJ is already feeling a lot of pressure and because when they feel that amount of pressure, especially as a man, because man has the burden of male performance, right? Male performance is what men have to deal with. Male performance basically comes from, uh, you know, the book of Genesis talking about, you know, cursed is the ground because of you and by the sweat of your brow and through your work, your hard work and your toil, you'll eat of the ground for the rest of your life and then you will die, basically. Well, from that point of view, that's known as the uh, male burden of performance. Men have to perform because men are born without value, whereas women are born with value. Women have to work their whole lives to preserve their value, whereas men have to work their whole lives to gain value. And if the INFJ man does not believe or feel with his FI critic that he has built up enough value in terms of his personal performance through extroverted sensing inferior, the introverted sensing... Uh, parent combined with the extroverted sensing critic of the ESTJ female is going to be entirely intimidating to him. And then as a result of that intimidation, it's going to reduce the chances of the INFJ man to even be willing with his NI hero to actually decide or choose that he wants the ESTJ woman or allow him to attach to her. Because INFJs have this problem is that as soon as they decide they want someone, they are attached, they are all in, they cannot let go, right? And it's not really much, there's not really much to be said that can be done about that, right? It's a huge problem. It's, it's a real, it's a really huge problem. But let's look at the ESTJ female side of it. Like, what's going on there, right? 
she's looking at she's looking at uh, she's looking at this INFJ who really is all about social norm, social interaction. This INFJ is a people person, able to interact with just about anybody in any particular situation. They're constantly seeing the INFJ giving and uh, uh, you know being there for friends, being there for people, being there for uh, his wolf pack, being there for his affiliates, his close friends, and always making time for them all the time, always investing in other people. Whereas she gets afraid that all she's ever done is invested in herself and she knows that she really struggles with investing in other people. So she's walking around feeling like she's unworthy. And because of that, seeing her his extroverted feeling, parents seeing his super high moral standard that he holds in himself through his introverted sense, uh, introverted feeling critic, basically makes her afraid, makes her feel like she's unworthy. So as a result of that, she's not even really going to bother. She's not going to bother getting with the guy. She's not gonna bother really allowing himself because it's like okay should I even stick around I mean I'm not even good enough for this person I'm not even good enough for this guy so why bother sticking around why bother you know being there and yeah it's that's a completely valid perspective it's a completely valid point of view so the only way to solve this problem is for these two types to actually just be near each other really over time and develop rapport now luckily the ESTJ you know, that's, that's how they work. That's, they're all about rapport, right? They're all about trying to generate rapport with other people so that other people, uh, you know, and, then, and they do that by sticking around, basically. So as long as the ESTJ woman is willing to just stick around and see a little bit, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, NI, NI trickster, you know, courage to a point, you know, getting to that point. But yeah, like, you know, and that's where that comes from. But as long as she is willing to just kind of cast her fear aside a little bit and just kind of stick around and generate rapport, maybe things will improve, right? Well, consequently, the INFJ man, all he has to do is not give up, basically. And that's the problem with natural pairs. They just, they just consistently give up on each other before they actually have the opportunity. I don't know how many times like I've had ISFP women in my life just give up on me consistently, constantly, always giving up. And there are times where I've also given up on ISFP women consistently, especially as of recently. I've given up on like three of them, like super quick. You know, and again, it's because the natural pair is super difficult to get into. But as soon as it's established, you're in it for the long haul. It is the most sustainable long-term relationship that you actually can have psychologically speaking right the natural pair but you know going in that direction it's it's super hard to get over these issues because passing the test of the critic really you know that's important where your, your inferior function is of the other person is operating better than your own critic function right and if that's not happening then there's always going to be fear. And then as a result of that fear, there's not enough courage in order or fearlessness to even allow for the relationship to establish in the first place, right? That could be a huge issue, really huge issue. The woman there is sitting there like, okay, is this someone I could be loyal to? Is this someone, uh, you know, the, um, you know, the INFJ is like, okay, am I gonna be able to, to perform well for this person? They're so disciplined, they're so capable. They're able to get things done. They're very systematic, and they're always able to follow procedures and get things done. Am I even going to be able to measure up to that? And it's just literally just ends up becoming like this comparison fuck fest, where they just compare each other 
over and over and over and over and that causes a lot of problems like a lot of problems right so you got to watch out for that you got to watch out for that consistently like on a regular basis you know but yeah those are like some of the initial challenges that a lot of people aren't even aware of when it comes to natural pairs. It, it really is just, you know, getting over that fear factor because unless you're able to somehow get over that fear factor, it, the relationship can't even take place. There isn't even an opportunity for the two people involved to pass each other's test to the critic, much less even get into the relationship and then work to passing the test of the parent consistently in order to be able to maintain the relationship moving forward, right? And it's a very special uh, dynamic with this particular long-term relationship. But again, if they're able to get over that fear factor, if they are able to pass the test of the critic and if they, uh, to, to be able to get into the relationship, you know, things are actually gonna be working out pretty well for them, which is awesome. That's pretty awesome. But then they still have to pass the test of the critic or uh, the, the test of the parent in order to maintain the relationship. But hey, you know, once they've done all that, you know, the, the relationship will last forever. The natural pair is a great foundation from which families can be born uh, for, you know, for marriage, for like anything LTR. The natural pair is like the master relationship for long-term relationships. They're just really, really difficult to get into. So anyway, that, that answers that question. And that's as far as I'm willing to go in terms of this question. If you would like additional context to this question, please ask another question related to this because uh, the amount of detail that was that went into this question is a little bit out of scope for an act-like question. So yeah, let's uh, be careful about that. And in the meantime, please review season um, season 14, part three, episode one. And uh, that episode should explain more about this particular relationship and how it works. So. Anyway, right, folks, thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe because it'll be posted to the Acolyte membership area as well as the YouTube channel and the podcast as well. So see you guys in the next episode.